Hey guys, welcome to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it once. <laughs> welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today I'm speaking with my close friend, aspiring musician, business major, and fellow philosophy student, uh, my buddy Luke. Say hi, Luke. What's up? Up, my dude. <laughs> so good to have you on. I've wanted to do this for a long time. So Fuck yeah, man. I'm glad back. to be on. Absolutely, man. Thank you. A little more casual, a little more conversational, but also like, you know, kind of asking, about asking the big questions. Asking the big questions. You want to talk about casual? I'm in my fucking room. That's pretty damn casual. I'm in my car in the county market parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's I'm going to have to... It's a little goofy. I'm going to have to be more aware of interrupting you at this point. I'm like... No, sometimes I need to be interrupted, you know, because I interrupt people all the time or I'll just like ramble. Okay. Like, I'm, I just kind of want to make sure I'm not doing that too much, you know? Yeah, I, I appreciate it. One thing that I've noticed about podcasting is that... Um, I pick up on my own speech patterns more now. So I, I recognize that I do ramble a lot and sometimes I do talk over people without meaning to, but when I do it on in podcast form, I notice it more when I'm doing it because I'm recording it and I notice it more when I listen to it. I'll hear myself and be like, do I really talk that way? Is that really a word that I overuse? You know, is that really something that I do? I'm like hyper aware of my speech pattern, especially cause I like, cause mainly cause like I talk and text in exactly the same fashion. Like I like, that's true. Yeah, like I talk, ex- I text exactly how I talk, and so I can see where I like overuse words. And uh, what right. was the, there was one I was, um, I was really overusing. I forgot what it was. I think it was honestly. Yeah, like I would just, I would honestly just say honestly way too much. Honestly, and it I would could just see honestly that. be a, and it would honestly be just a real honest pain in the ass, man. Honestly, <laughs> whenever you, know, you st- whenever you're about to say something real, though, whenever you're about to lay it down, you're about to say something like you you really believe and you find convicting, or someone asks for your opinion on something, you do say honestly a lot as like a precursor. Like honestly, you know, it's about to get real. <laughs> I'm glad that you kind of see that as like you know more of a like a. I don't know, like a like a marker that I'm about to is that the right word? Like precursor to me yeah. getting deep or something. That'd be yeah. That's it, cool it's word. not without purpose. Some people will overuse a word completely without purpose. Like just between, like I'll say like a lot, you know, as as a placeholder for my thoughts. Me too. As a, like a little coaster, a little koozie for my ice cold uh, Coca Cola thoughts, you know. Yeah, and unfortunately, I also I also use swear words in place of uh, in place of an uh. Oh man, yeah. I've had I've had to adapt because I, I I used to do that a lot too. Yeah, that happened to me like just today in school. Like I told like uh, I told Thrower about leaving my band, and I was just like, I'm done with that shit. And like it wasn't anything against the band. It's just like I just meant to say, or you know what I mean. I just sometimes just you call shit shit for no reason, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's an appropriate word too. You yeah. know, like stuff sounds not- childish in that context. I'm done with that stuff, bro. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound, it's not even that it doesn't sound harsh enough. It just sounds unsincere or insincere. Honestly, maybe stuff is like, I'm kind of like going for the most nerfed kind of uh, way to say it possible. So maybe stuff would have been the best way to say it. Maybe. Joe's, Joe's got his big boy pants on though. I think yeah. he can handle it quite a bit. I hope he got the, uh, the philosophy rap I sent him. Did you like send I, him that? I I did. I do remember. I think I sent him the uh, philosophy rap, and I told him, "Hey, maybe wear headphones with this one. You know, wait till the kids go to sleep." 
and that's he, hilarious. But he never responded to me, and he never, and, but he never responded to that. And he, uh, you know, he hasn't said anything about it to me, so I don't know if he actually you should heard ask it. Ask him if he listened to it. I bet he did. He's 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 that kind of nerd, you know. He's really into what he does. Dope. I'm sure he I enjoys got, art related. To I get that. I get that. I get that vibe from him, and and also just like it's kind of like a caveman thing. I think from when I was a kid, but like I just kind of. I'm like more capable of uh, like uh, the, the, the relating to males, you know, mm-hmm. and also I've just had so few male teachers throughout my uh, throughout my school career that we know when I get one, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I think. And now and now with my college teachers. career, I literally I'm take, I'm only taking two classes, but they are only men. Right. I really think the world needs more male teachers. I think that's important in the public sector in high schools and middle schools. Because one, one thing that I've noticed is that um, boys, on average, like young boys, have a lot more trouble focusing in classrooms than, than, young, than young women. A lot of that is their higher like energy levels, their tendency towards rowdiness. Um, but I feel like a male teacher recognizes that more and knows how to deal with it just in other ways. Uh, I feel like we need a more balanced system. I know women kind of tend towards careers in education a little bit more. I, I wish more men did. You know, I wish it was kind of more of a more of an open run the classroom the way you want to kind of field uh, that left that, that's, that appealed more to both genders. Yeah. Not to go on about like the plight of men or some anything like that, but <laughs> right. Know. No. Yeah. Let me, um, what would that make me a men's rights activist? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dumbest shit. Like, is that, a, is that a real thing? Are there actual men's rights activists? I think it's just like a troll. Okay, I certainly hope so. Oh God! Oh no! Oh fuck! What if someone takes? Th- what if someone hears this? <laughs> and just starts it, and then it starts becomes like, the, and it, and then it ends up like the flat Earth Society, where everyone just starts, like you know, it starts off with trolls, and then people start actually believing it. It becomes a religion. They start bowing down uh, to Hercules. There's like, like they start worshiping Hercules and his biceps. The last thing I want to do, and you should know this, is start a religion. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be honestly when i was when i was a christian it was the first thing i wanted to do because like especially towards the end of my catholicism i was you know i was really poking holes in their logic and and the main thing that i was just trying to get to like in you know if i were to like start a church would mm-hmm. be that people are equal you yeah start- like actually i actually i had an idea in my in my for in my mind for uh, like my own religion i would call it christian equalism mm. which would be founded on the main the main principle it would be founded on was that all humans are created equal you know right like that being can, the center point rather than just an add-on like we can do things to lower and raise our standard you know mm-hmm. you know like where we sit but like ultimately ultimately we all start kind of neutral you know we're not you know no one's born racist no one's born you know xenophobic you know kids yeah. hate, kids hate one thing and one thing only and that's naps right that reminds me a little bit of um and your kid to, hates sugar my kid hates sugar she loves broccoli man <laughs> she likes cheese she likes blueberries now well, those are sugary i guess for those uh, of you who don't know like she loves candy but uh, like I've actually... hate sugar. She won't accept the sugar and candy. Not having it. <laughs> it's so Boy. damn funny. Like she still won't accept it. You know, she told me she keeps telling me she misses my red car. <laughs> really? She says it all the time. Whenever we get in the car, she's like, "Where's the red one?" 
Go to bed. This one is Lucas now because I have a red car. That's true. Got to let her ride in it sometime. Like I bet, I bet she would. Like if I pulled up in that, she'd probably think, "Yeah, it's close enough." Yes. Like so, you called it Christian equalism. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's what I like had in my mind. And the coin term. Yeah, and the and the symbol was like a regular cross, but it had another line through it uh, to make it like an equal sign. But I later found out that's actually, I believe, a satanic cross. So. Yeah, so I know that, what you mean. So that kind of undercut my point a little bit, but. Um, that reminds me a little bit of John Piper's idea of Christian hedonism, where he talks about uh, John Piper's main focus is on pursuit of joy, but in, in the context of a Christian life, I think it, it's similar in the sense that you're taking one aspect, like one that is usually considered an add-on or just one small part of a, of a, of a religious lifestyle, and then, or even potentially not a part of it, like you're taking one ideal that could be implemented and then amplifying it. And I don't think that's unhealthy to do. I think that's, I think in practice, that's what a lot of people do of all different religions. They take one aspect of it that they really drive home and that they find really resonates with them and they cling to that. So I think a lot of people um, who haven't thought that through or haven't considered the idea of starting their own religion or their own church do something similar almost subconsciously. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can't. I like actually... I actually remember, like, at one point I considered, like, I remember saying to myself, like, I consider myself a Christian equalist. I'm not quite sure what a Christian equalist means yet, but Mm -hmm. it starts with, you know, God loves everybody and don't be, and try real hard not to be a cunt, you know, which again, which, you know, as you know, that last bit was, is still my, you know, your mantra. Yep. I thought your lo- I thought your uh, wallpaper was your new. Oh yeah, my, that's that's kind of like a like a workout thing. And but I've also actually when I after I showed it to you and left, I was also thinking how it could be a way to keep you uh, a little humble. Was if you're if you are a mountain, you know, you should remember that you started as a stone. You know. Yeah, and, and that's what the quote is, right? Is that every mountain was once a stone? Uh, the tallest mountain started as a stone. Okay. But. Uh, and by the way, before anyone wants to comment saying uh, two stones, mountains are decks and piles of stones, I know that they are they are tectonic plates pushing against each other, creating a bulge. I know how mountains are made. It's still inspiring. Okay, it is inspiring. Yeah. It is inspiring. Let's not get caught. Let's not get caught up in the the geology of the situation. Okay. Yeah. You know. You know where I actually got that from? Where? Have you heard of Jonathan Young? Yeah. You yeah. told me about Jonathan Young. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I probably have. But uh, he did a cover of, uh, I'm sure you've heard of One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. He did an English cover of the uh, of, of the uh, uh, theme song. And uh, he kind of does that. He, like, takes, like, anime songs that are in Japanese and he, like, kind of, um, like, rewrites the lyrics so that, you know, they flow well in English and they rhyme well. And, the, you know, they still get the whole point across. And uh, that was, and uh, that was in the... Uh, in the One Punch Man themes theme song that he did. Do you ever watch a show that isn't an anime that you wish had been an anime? Yeah, uh, like Ben Ten. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be so cool. Or Danny Phantom. Oh, dude, fuck yeah, dude, yeah. Like, um, Sam I can't think of any other good ones. Who's hot? Sam. Sam from Oh man, dude, yeah, man, she you got was. that god shit going on. Oh. Boy, you know I love. You it. know I thought Danny was hot. <laughs> I'm serious. That was a that was a problem. That was like one of the first times when I was like, "What's going on here, man? Why why am I why am I thinking barking. this way?" 
I think my dog is barking. I might have to be podcasting while outside. Oh, that's all good, man. Hey, take a break if you need to. If you need to do anything, something. Nah, good. I'm just. I, I. It might be a little weird in a minute because I might because I'm gonna be losing uh, Wi-Fi and going on to data. But okay, yeah. It'll probably just like it'll probably just cut for a second. Yeah. Yeah, poor little Maggie's barking up there. I gotta go take her outside. It's all good, bro. How are, how is the workout going? How's the workout plan going? Uh, I already did, I actually did it this morning, so I just kind of because like I just had time to kill. What's the what did you do? What's the routine? Uh, right now I'm kind of trying to do I'm trying to do like a quarter of sites on this workout without the run. I don't know what that is. Well, uh, Saitama, you know the uh, guy from One Punch Man. He uh, his routine was a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups, or a hundred squats, and a ten-kilometer run every day. Dang. So what I'm just trying to do is twenty-five of each, and you know, not a ten-kilometer run. Oh, what the? Oh, oh, okay, that's her. I was about to trip over a black mass, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Turns out it was my dog. So after today's introduction to the introduction to philosophy class, what, what are you, what are you kind of, what are you looking forward to? What are some potential concerns? I mean, what, what is your outlook for the semester regarding that class? I don't think I'm going to lose the uh, general, like, try not to be a jerk thing, mm-hmm. but, which I hope not, but um, I don't know really, like, like I've kind of always like looked at philosophy and like known it was too complex for there to be just one answer. So, you know, I kind of, it's a bit like I was trying to say with ethics, it's a bit fluid, you know? Yeah, I get that. Like, like this, like not that, uh, not that any particular system is fluid or that one's adherence should be fluid, but that there's so much, um, there, there's it's so many stew. answers. It's a stew. There are some solid bits yeah. and floating in a bunch of liquid. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's pretty true. I'm I'm really excited, man. Philosophy is stew. If philosophy is stew. It's like a beef. You ever had like that Campbell's beef stew? I hope that becomes a meme. Philosophy equals stew. Philosophy equals stew. That's the name of this episode, bro. <laughs> Sweet. Philosophy equals stew. Beef is stew. There's gonna be no like rice. the uh, highlight from it. Dude, there's gonna be all kinds of highlights. <laughs> Sweet. Luke Spaulding on the uh, on, on circumcision. <laughs> I'll I'm, tag I'm really you kind of, It's kind of weird that like I that like I actually had shit to jump right into that. No, it's cool. I brought it up for that reason because I, I think everybody kind of has a strong opinion on it. They just don't talk about it often. Yeah, I'm, everybody. I, I, I don't I mean, really. I don't really have a strong opinion, but like, like there was. I remember there was a. Have you seen? Yeah, I'm sure you've seen Adam ruins everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did one on circumcision and he was kind of arguing against it, saying, you know, it's kind of, you know, pushing something on a kid when he can't really, you know, he can't make his own decisions. It's like about ta- it. it's like tattooing or piercing a baby's ears. Yeah, but at the same time, like if you if you want to get it if you want to get your kid circumcised, you should do him do it when they're a kid, you know, before they get erections because lord knows if they're I just realized I said that outside, but <laughs> <laughs> but but you want <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't even I hadn't considered the erection aspect of it. But yeah, like you, you know, if like like that's why it was kind of a little more barbaric when uh when I first heard about it like in 
in in the Bible because they were waiting until they were like twelve to do it. Yeah, and then you know you got the book of Joshua. Like, they go into Canaan and just circumcise everyone. Yeah, I'm like I, I know for a fact if I was circumcised around the age of twelve, I would have been in a lot of pain. Well, that's the thing. No, no adult man is like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go get circumcised, bro. You know. Yeah. So the only merciful way to do it is to do it to them when they're a child, but then they don't have the choice. It's a catch. Is it a catch twenty two? Maybe, but it's done before you. It's usually done before you can even remember it happening, too. So I mean, they're yeah. saving you from the memory of it. Yeah, because I I surely don't remember it happening. I don't remember anything. I think I remember like this. I have the faintest, tiniest remnant of a memory of being a baby, but like. It's like only a few seconds. If when you die, you really do experience your whole life over again, really quickly or something, I'm going to be so mad when I get circumcised. <laughs> so will I. I'm so upset, man. <laughs> you can't do anything. At least it'll be over quickly. I'd be so mad. At least it'll be over quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like a split second. It'd be like a little paper cut or something. Yeah, but it'd be a paper cut on your dick, so... Yeah, I'm not really feeling that, dog. I'm not, I'm not looking yeah. into that one. Yeah. I, it, I mean, life doesn't flash before everyone's eyes, I don't think. I think, you know, it kind of depends. On what? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know the first thing about being dead. That's oh, this true. is another one. Where, this is another one where I know someone who would actually have some expertise on this. Well, who has expertise on what it's like to die? <laughs> The the bassist for the band I was I just quit. Oh, he's dead. He, he like died and came back. He uh, the reason I was playing bass for that band was because he was having uh, he had a congenital heart defect I think it was, and so he was having open heart surgery, and he code blued three times. Wow. What's code blue? He uh, that's like when you're heart stops and when everything stops why is that not code red code red is when like you're completely brain dead i think okay yeah i understand that should be like code black you know it's like there's like it's i think it's because like they're actually turning blue so it should just be called game over bro (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that like for real think about that though if it was called game over bro and (laughs) kind of reboot the system if you're, could you imagine fading out of existence? You like, you are feeling like, oh God, I'm actually dying. And then they, and then you just hear the doctors shouting, game over, man. <laughs> <laughs> that would not instill confidence in me. Reboot the system. <laughs> Blow out the cartridge. Honestly, although honestly, I bet at that point, I'd probably just be like, oh, so this is how I'm going to die. Okay. Well, like my, my last words are going to be, oh no. <laughs> it's gonna be like a very casual oh no and then something horrible is gonna happen man for me it's probably just gonna be a oh fuck yeah and bro then, i don't know i i feel it i um if people know oh, when they're gonna die man, people know if, if someone dies of a natural like, like someone dies of old age you, i feel like you, they feel it coming on you know when you're about to die most yeah. of the time. If it's not some disease that catches you by surprise, some kind of symptom that you weren't expecting, if you're just withering away, you know when it's time, man. That's why pe- people always think yeah. about it, their families and everything. That Yeah, that kind of happened with us, too. Yeah. That it, was, uh, yeah, that was Nanny. She, uh, she had lung cancer, and, you know, when everyone kind of knew, you know, when she was going downhill, but... 
<laughs> it's just <laughs> that, that's people being in tune with their mortality. I mean, animals do it, like dogs and cats. They kind of know when their time is coming, and they'll come and you know snuggle up with you a little bit. One time, I had a yeah. cat and I kicked but, it, and it died like two days later, and I got so sad. Yeah, I bet. It, but on the other side of that dichotomy, there's a there's a well, I don't know if it's a dichotomy. I just wanted to say the word dichotomy, dichotomy. But <laughs> fun word, bro. I'll let you know if it is one. Yeah, but uh, like um, my grandfather, on the other hand, he kind of passed away a little more suddenly because it, it was like about a year later and like he was healthy. It was just like, I mean, he had his history of heart problems, but like other than that, he was basically healthy. But it, I, I kind of put it, it's a little cheesy, but I say he died of a broken heart literally and figuratively. That happens, man. Yeah. It's a mice. <clears throat> yeah, it, it happened to my granddad. That's crazy. Like, yeah, like, Nanny, we had time to say goodbye to everybody. You, you know, she had time to say goodbye. We had time to make plans. Papa just kind of, you know, conked out. And it, it, actually, it was, he was, he, he died, like, while driving, so. Wow. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was driving his truck. I think it was, like, a, I, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, it was real foggy. And, uh, you know, at just some point whether or not he whether it was whether it was like him grabbing his heart like saying i'm coming eva or um whether he just kind of sat there let it happen just kind of relaxed i'm not sure but i'd like to i'd like to think it's the second one you know i would think think i I would assume that it's the second one if he didn't have like some kind of violent you know some kind of violent uh symptom of like a disease or like a heart attack or something if it didn't like if it wasn't I, i i don't think I don't know. No one was yeah, in there with. No, I mean, once. yeah, I don't know. It was, you know, it, he was. It was him driving alone. So I think someone was following him, but it was foggy. So I think they lost him, and then like they found him the next day. That's so peaceful like though, that. too. You just you just wither yeah. away in the fog, bro. Yeah, but any but look and uh, well, the problem was he was driving. So. Right. Well, it's peaceful at first, but, and then it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but your soul is before the violence hits. Yeah, he didn't actually crash the vehicle he was in. We actually still have that same truck, which That's is what kind of what, what, what happened? It just, I think it just kind of, and it ended up in the, like, in the sign for an old gas station called The Rocket. I don't know what it's called now, but it's not called The Rocket. Yeah. But, like, like, it was just, yeah, it was just found, I believe it was found there. And, wow. um, yeah, and, I mean, I've seen it. It doesn't look like it's, you know, crashed into a sign. It's cool that but, it didn't hit like a like a. T- but the thing is, it might have. I just it and got repaired before I knew it. I just didn't know. No, it's cool that it didn't like hit a tank of gas and like explode. I mean, oh That'd yeah, be yeah. Like your soul yeah, peacefully that's... leaves your body as you're driving through the fog, just cruising. You know, your time has come. You accept it. You make your peace, and then the, and then <laughs> the truck just dur- explodes. Yeah, and, and then suddenly your direct your death is directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's one way, bro. If there's one way uh, that dolphins differ from us, is that I don't think a dolphin would ever die of a broken heart. You sure about that? Yeah, I don't think they make those connections. Like rape and rape and polygamy are way is way. I mean, that's common among humans when you look at you know the entire it's, human history. Um, it's depressing. It's depressingly common. But it's way humans. more common among dolphins today. Is it? Is it really a lot more amongst dolphins? I thought it was just kind of a like a fringe thing. No, dolphins gang rape all the time. Did you know they become bisexual later in life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did I tell you that? 
Yep. Oh, and I think rocks my world, man. Like, Isn't it? When, when did cigarette lighters stop becoming a thing in cars, man? It seems like it was must have been forever ago. But I, I remember growing up, my great grandma would drive around in a light blue Lincoln town car and she there, there was a cigarette lighter. There, they were pretty like they were still a thing up till like, like e- even in the 2000s, like almost the 2010s, I think. Like, even that's crazy, man. Like, um, I think my dad's truck is, um, is a uh, 2010, and I think it had a uh, a uh, cigarette lighter in it. It's so cool. There was never a period where there was nothing there. They just kind of switched purposes. Yeah, you know. Well, there was a period so, where there was nothing there. Like it was before they had them. Like well, yeah, but I mean, between the cigarette lighter and like the phone charging. Yeah. You know, before they had them, of course, there was there was nothing there. That, that, you're talking like chariot days back then. You're talking, yeah, you're talking an oxen pulled cart. You know? No, I'm talking about like cars in the seventies. Well, in the seventies, I feel like you just light your cigarette with a torch. Yeah, like you just light it with like a Zippo or something. No, like a torch. Yeah, I, as much as I like praise technology and all that, like it has brought us closer together, but there is kind of no replacement for talking you know, in front of somebody. I agree, man. Even if you're like doing a video chat with somebody, that lack of direct eye contact, that lack of like physical, like I we're in a room together and I trust that you're not going to shoot me. Yeah. You know? that the lack of that like changes the nature of conversation and of interaction. Yeah. It really does, man. It's weird. It is. It's a strange phenomenon. Like I, I, I don't know. I know I'm talking to you. I know I'm talking to a person, but it's different because I'm talking to my phone when I'm sitting in my car. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, like I know I'm not talking to a fucking customer service robot, but it's like, it, you know, I'm talking into a phone. Yeah, I get like, you. It kind of feels like, you know, like, like eh, nah, that's kind of a stupid analogy to draw, but it's really magical when it's someone like you're talking to someone from a like from a massive distance that you wouldn't have been able to communicate with otherwise. You know yeah. what I mean? But when it's someone that you know and you've spoken with personally, it's always a little bit weird. It's been like a, a large amount of time on the phone. Yeah. Um, that being wanted... that being said, the realest relationship to me ever was a long distance one. That's fascinating. Yeah. When I was that? Oh, uh, this was. I think it was about when I was thirteen or fourteen. Um, I, I like got onto this like goth chat room called rainofblood.net or was it is it dot net? Yeah, I think it's net. Let me check. Yep. Yeah, it's net. Okay, rainofblood.net and. I don't know. I just started, I just got on there, like made an account and I just kind of wanted to go around. I wanted to play a game where I could be a vampire and kill people. And that was the closest thing to it. Mm-hmm. But it's, but there was like no visuals. It's all a complete role play site. So that if you want to, if you play ultimate Spider-Man and get to like the venom levels, it's kind of like that. Yeah, this is, yeah, but I didn't have that. So I, I know, I'm just letting you know for future reference, if you ever want to be a vampire again and kill people. Yeah, there was, I just kind of, I just looked for a free one and, uh, right. You know, that was it. And it's kind of weird. I still, I still have that account even all these years later. Cause like, it's still active. I'm like, I'm like 5,000. How did you guys meet on there? Um, we were in the chat room and it's, it's weird. Like it, it's kind of embarrassing too. Cause you know, we're engaging in role play and that's not, dude, I used to do the animal. I mean, I had a girlfriend on animal jam, man. I basically had a pop tropica hoe. Don't even trip. <laughs> All right, but like, yeah, I was an emo kid going through a phase. So right, don't judge right. Me too I know harshly. how that is, bro. No judgment. But uh, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> like I'm talking no. to everyone out there. 
No, my listeners are a little weird. All the shit we've shared, I know you're not going to judge me about that. So. No, my, my listeners are a little out there, too. It's okay. All right, that's cool. So, um, you know, like, we were just in a chat room, and believe it or not, she was actually kind of being annoying. <laughs> like, or, like, she was just annoying me. Like, I was letting it annoy me, but, yeah, you know, for, but, like, for whatever reason, like, uh, oh, God, it's so cheesy. It's no, so goddamn sure. cheesy, but, like, sure. like, the RP she was doing was like her being Kagome and she was crying over Inuyasha and my character, uh, he was, he like had some healing abilities. So I used that to bring back Inuyasha in quotes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how we started talking. But then eventually, uh, I actually remember like someone else in the chat was trying to hit on her, like that actually lived near her and he was taken too long. And so at one point I was just like, man, if you're not going to take this chance, I fucking will. And uh, I did, which is like, now that I think about it, it's really kind of dickish because it's like, honestly, he just was like taking a little while. Like he probably just needed to like work up the courage. I don't think that's necessarily dickish, man. I think it's cool that you're understanding, like you know where he was coming from, like you understand his position. I only do Um, now. Like I didn't back then. Like I wasn't considering his position at all. It was like... Uh, it was kind of more like, you not get pussy, me get pussy. You yeah, know? well, that's, the, I do that, man. I've done that. I think, I think it, like, any, not any guy, but I think a lot of guys have been in that position where it's like, yeah. well, man, make your move, because I, I want to get in here. I didn't even really, like, have that much of an interest, but it was just like, I was lonely, and, you know, she accepted, and I was just like, shit, that worked? Holy fuck. <laughs> right. And, and And also, like, having the online relationship the way we had to talk um like through what the, what were called blood letters which were basically just private messages but like you know they were you know it was kind of a ways to get there you know like mm-hmm. you had to click quite a lot of stuff but like it's almost kind of zen you know it, it's like it's like i'm wrapping a present on christmas almost but like yeah i get you it's not like you can just tap it it's there or it's like yeah. it pops up on your desktop you know you got to go find it you got to yeah go. it's like you get a like on the chat you'd like get a message and you would have to like click on it and then it would take you to all of your you know private letters and then you'd have to click on the one that's like you know not highlighted you should go on um and uh but like uh i was trying to say um fucking being on there was actually yeah. kind of beneficial to the relationship i feel because i could really think about what i was saying every single time right you know? and being and like being that i actually had time to like you know go through and like actually if something didn't quite work i could reword it or i could maybe insert some stuff here to make me sound a little cooler <laughs> but and you know that kind of i think made me a little more seem a little more suave and you know, confident than I actually was. I think that enhances your ability to talk to people in person over a long period of time too, because taking like having the ability to take time to think about what you're going to say and boost your confidence a little bit means that eventually when you go to talk to somebody in person, uh, you're, you're naturally going to be a little bit more comfortable taking time to think about what you're going to say. And that can be uncomfortable at first, but for the most part, it's way better to take time to think about your words and and carefully construct your sentences than to, uh, like haphazardly rant. Um, cause I've been in a lot of long distance relationships and none of them have really worked, uh, at all. 
So like hearing the fact that you've been in, you were in a long relationship and it was very serious. It was very kind of like you said, I, I, I don't know if you said it was your best relationship, but it was like your most uh, relationship. Honestly, I would have to call it my best because like it, it caused a lot of drama, but right. Like it was, it, I, it was the first time I ever like really, truly experienced romantic love. Like I'd already experienced love like from a parent, but right. I, I'd never really gotten true romantic love. And Unfortunately, I kind of realized this like right before she broke my heart. But <laughs> well, it's a dramatic thing, man. Romantic yeah. love. Yeah, like it would honestly, be, you should like, go on that show, man. Like honestly, if I, like if it had been in person that when that happened, I probably would have dropped to my knee. Like that moment. Mm-hmm. Like we like we were together for like five years on wow, like, re- like with like a brief period of off, but like you know, for the, like it, it kind of turned it a little more on and off at the end, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I we kind of gave each other maybe more chances than we should have. But that's we're so now. rare, though. You're yeah. friends now. Yeah, believe it or not, like somehow we uh, we don't talk that much, but like I still see her on Facebook a lot, and we have talked. Wow. We, believe it or not, we almost con- like I almost kind of contemplated rekindling something, but it kind of just she's kind of just stopped talking to me. So yeah, I, I guess feel like five years. Mind. Like you guys knew each other for a whole chapter of life, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like that's why I tried. That's why my first song I tried to write was called was called a five year infinity. But then I kind of just wanted to. I then I just kind of wanted to break away from it though, because like, right? Like I came up with that. Like I came up with that title like at the apex of the relationship, and so you know it. That was right before the drop off. So right. You know, after I that, I was like, after that, I was like, yeah, I want to change the name. Yeah, I understand and then, that. Feeling. And then what sucks is I changed it to Euphoria, and then like a couple of, I think like a year later or so, Polyphia released a song called Euphoria, and it's like, dude, I didn't even get a chance to release my song yet. What the fuck? I remember Euphoria, man. Yeah, you you've heard it. Yeah, you, we would play it. Uh, we play it sometimes over at Frankie's. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I've, you I've kind of in the works. I've kind of worked on the. Uh, I've worked on the solo a little bit. I'll have to show you. It's a little updated now. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. I'd be, I'd be glad to hear it, man. That would be okay. awesome. It'll so, probably be in a different key. I'm, I'm actually thinking of, uh, like all my guitars are kind of in different tunings right now. Uh, with me going back, to, with me planning on going back to music school, I think I'm gonna like chop every string off and you know, tune everything to standard concert pitch. You just chop every string off. Well, all the ones that are like, like my eight strings in standard, so I'm not gonna touch that. But my seven string ha- has strings that are meant for a lower tuning and i can't like it's, oh, okay. i could do it to, i could tune it to standard but it'd be kind of a pain in the ass and right. my red guitar has fucking 11s on it and those are not i'm not an 11s guy for standard anymore yeah that makes sense that's actually what i started on like 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 when i or actually no when i first very beginning started i was on like nines and tens just because that was the only thing i could find but then I kind of realized the top string was always the one breaking, and so I I assumed that if I made every string thicker, they'd all last longer, and it kind of worked. And it also made me and also made my fingers a lot stronger. I was so gonna I, say like, probably toughened up those calluses quite a bit, though. Oh yeah, quite a bit. But uh, it it but like at first it was so goddamn painful because like I was because like my calluses were not even close to as developed as they are now, and oh my god, it was. It was like hell for a little while. Shredding on a, an acoustic. Yeah, yeah, easy. But, uh, 
easily like an acoustic but uh actually now even my acoustic has thinner strings than what i has like tens on it so wow. it has thinner strings than what i used to even use on my guitar and and like and i used to also think anyone who used anything less than 11s was a complete wussy and then i heard people like steve Vai, angel vivaldi uh ingve malmstein like a lot of guys who were playing you know nines and actually the guy who really transformed my playing and made me want to become go from a you know a rhythm player to a lead player was mm -hmm. uh, a guy named claudio Petro i think it's claudio petronic it looks like claudio pytronic it's italian he's italian uh, he's from the band ancient bards and just the first time i heard the guy sweep picking i was like i'm not going to be able to do that on these fucking telephone cables yeah no way dog yeah and you're gonna break your pick no, nah, nah, I wasn't going to break the pick, but... Uh, I was, I'm using hyperbole. Yeah. I have broken a pick, though. Like, just How? by strumming. Like, just strumming, really? and it just completely snapped in half. Playing some Smells Like Teen Spirit or something, get a little angry. I have no cool. idea what I was playing, but it was it was cool. Like, once that happened, it was like, that was fucking metal. That's crazy. But it hasn't, but it hasn't happened since then. Breaking a pick is way more metal than smashing a guitar or something like that. Yeah. Because you didn't well, intend for that to happen. Yeah, but uh, and smashing a guitar is also just not a wise fiscal decision. That's true. Guitars, That's true. Are, guitars are investments, man. Like, like especially if you get like something high end. Like if you buy a Gibson Les Paul, it'll hold its value quite a bit and probably go up in value. Yeah, man. That's crazy. I, I, I went to that Gibson store in Memphis, you know, and I saw the Dave Grohl custom guitar and everything. Oh, yeah. There were, you know that's not going to go down in value. You know, Dave Grohl passes away or something, you know, God bless his soul, knock on wood. But, yeah, that, that's insane. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, Eddie Van yeah, it, 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 like, honestly, star power means everything when talking about a guitar. Like, Eddie Van Halen's uh, Frankenstein guitar cost him, like, less than $200 to build. And if he were to sell that thing right now, it would easily fetch a million. Did I ever tell you by the time I built a guitar? No. When did you do that? I was watching Blues Clues. And they, <laughs> there was this episode where they took like a, like a paper towel roll and a Kleenex box and some rubber bands. And they like cut a hole in the Kleenex box, put the paper towel roll in there, and then put like uh, rubber bands over the opening on the empty Kleenex box and like taped it all together. And I wanted to recreate that, man. I watched Blues Clues until like a very inappropriate age for me. To Dude, Blues Clues Blues was Blues. my jam. The show was so good. But I made that guitar from Blues Clues when I was like 10. Uh, who was the host? Steve, bro. Uh, I, 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 I was mostly a Steve guy, but like I didn't catch a lot of it. I respected, what like was his I, name, Josh? Yeah, I, I never like hated the guy. Like, <clears throat> Yeah. I respected like, Josh. I, to, I liked him to me. I like. I like. Really took it seriously. Like, oh, Steve's going to college. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, someone's got to watch Blue. You know, it's messed up. I thought Steve was going to prison. You know why? Why? Because when my dad went to prison, my mom told me he was going to college, and I knew what was really going down. So I thought Steve was going to prison, dog. Oh shit, that sucks. <laughs> it's hilarious. And <laughs> what's you want to know something fucked up? What? He's bald now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he looks like my dad. <laughs> my dad has hair now. Actually, he looks youthful. He looks really good. Yeah, I I remember. I think I like like when I first saw him. I thought he was uh, like he either had like nothing or like very little. Yeah. But last time I saw, I like didn't even recognize him because he had hair. 
he wanted to he he's embraced the fact that he just doesn't need to look tough you know he's used to being in the situations where he wants to look like the strongest person in the room and the toughest meanest guy yeah. but he's he's kind of embracing more of like just not the docile but like just the the, the not having to be on guard all the time yeah 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 a, a more relaxed leisurely lifestyle and that's good for him you know it, sh- it shows in the way he carries himself the way he dresses and does his hair and everything it's been it's been really good seeing him kind of make that transformation and kind of adapt to the real world you know i kind of had a bit of a moment like that um a couple of days ago i got pulled over for going like 48 in a 35 i thought i was in a 45 so yeah mm-hmm. But, um, uh, like, you know, I got pulled over and while I was bummed about it and I was, you know, I was going, Oh shit. But I wasn't like, I wasn't freaking out. Like the time before this, that I got pulled over, I was, well, at first I was just like, (laughs) I got pulled over. And then, you know, as I got closer to home, I was like, fuck, I got pulled over going fast. But this time, you know, it wasn't that bad. So like I, I could just, you know, I was kind of less worried about it. And it, you know, I, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> fuck, you know, it was just kind of weird that like for once I'd like had a bad experience and come out when I like, Oh, by the way, I wanted to address, uh, I need, I need to address something in the next, um, conversation I have with Max. I mischaracterized existentialism in the, in the last philosophical conversation I had on the podcast and, and, and on July 2nd. So it was forever ago. Um, but I mischaracterized it because I made the assumption uh, that an existentialist is hostile towards um, towards being, towards reality and, and existence itself, which that's the case for some people and it can lead to that. But that's not necessarily the, the mantra of existentialism or the core belief, you know, it's it, it's more of a, it's more apathy than it is hostility. And I, and I made that mischaracterization, you know, over a month ago now, and I haven't had an opportunity to correct it. So I wanted to do that real quick. That kind of brings me up, brings me up a point that I wanted to talk about. Um, Absolutely, that, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset it. That kind of brings me to a point I had. Or, nope, I'm going to. Don't stress about it, man. Just, just talk. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to philosophy about that. Like, I don't even know what existentialism really means. Like, I don't really know much about anything about philosophy. Like, again, my philosophy is, you know, everyone's born equal and we should all try really, really hard not to be a cunt, but not really sure why. It's just like my why for it is pretty much just because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, that's not going to pass in Thrower's class. So, Right. One thing I'm ex- that's one thing I'm excited about is uh, not just defending theories, but defining terms. Like when he asks questions, like what is what is this school? What is metaphysics? You know, I feel like I know in my heart and in my mind what those answers are, but I don't know how to articulate them. Honestly, his ethics class and also some of our conversations with James, which you know he got to be on this shit sometime. Yes, he's going to be in town in October. Oh my God, I want to be there and I want to see if like, I want to like us to do a podcast. Like, could we do that? Like, I'm sure I know he can't like talk about much, but he'll be, he'll just need to go under a pseudonym or something. Ah, so existentialism is defined as, and this is according to the internet, a philosophical theory or approach that emphasizes the existence of the individual person as a free and responsible agent determining their own development through acts of the will. 
So that's not even necessarily apathy. You know, I, I did mischaracterize existentialism entirely in that episode. I don't know anything about it, man. Like, I, like that's kind of another thing I wanted to... That's another reason I wanted to go through the philosophy class, was I kind of wanted to have more uh, well-informed discussions with you about philosophy. Yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking yeah. to being able to define terms better and being able to defend positions better, because I have very many similar circumstances in which... Uh, you know, That's my defense is just that I know that it's right. And then I'll ask someone, you know, well, even though I can't defend this well, logically, you know, this is right. Right. And then usually they kind of give a little bit, you know, they, they can see where I'm coming from. And that's enough for me to feel like I've defended my position, even if rationally I haven't at all. Yeah. Uh, that This kind of reminds me of like with our conversations with, uh, you know, who we don't may not mm -hmm. have his name here. I think he's going to go by Einstein. Oh, well, then our conversations with Einstein <laughs> um, and uh, with the ethics class, it also it made me kind of reexamine my opinion on gun control. OK. And like, you know, I used to be definitely all for it. But now, like, I just straight up don't know. Like, I'm still a bleeding heart liberal, but I and, you know, I'm going to vote for the people who are for gun control, but not really because of that. Right. You know, I'm kind of, I'm a little neutral on gun control right now. I'm I just don't it like seems like I, I don't know if it will work, but it's kind of like, you know, it's the only thing on the table right now. So, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's you know, I kind of, you know, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But frankly, I think something needs to be done. Now I think I'm, it's now I'm I, think it's a, I just realized I'm kind of drifting now back to uh, to uh their position to being a liberal to having the exact same position as a normal liberal uh you know like saying it's the only option that we have on the table and we have to do something but again like i'm not sure if it's the right thing to do but it's an issue i've been learning a lot about very recently as in like in the past couple of weeks so i'm actually glad that you brought it up i think that either stance is reasonable um like whether you're all for people having as many guns as they want, semi-automatic and automatic, or whether you're for um, complete, like, like you know, if, whether you're for the government doing some kind of Australian buyback of all firearms. I think either is understandable. I think that any in-between uh, th those two options um, is going to have some serious problems. I think there's some misunderstandings, too, on, on both sides. Uh, as far as like what arguments are actually being made, like any gun, um, like semi-automatic firearms, any firearm that is not fully automatic by fully automatic. I mean, like, you know, yeah. you hold down the trigger and it just keeps spraying all the way through the clip. I know through. what fully automatic means. Well, handguns are considered semi-automatic. Yep. Just so anything that's not like a bolt sniper rifle, you know, or, or yeah. a shotgun that you have to reload over and over again. Just pull the trigger every just pull the trigger and for as long as you got rounds in the clip, you are gonna fire. As long as right. But but I think people like a lot of people don't understand uh, how many guns they're talking about when they say that all semi-automatic guns should be banned because you're talking about everything but like bolt action sniper rifles and some shotguns. Yeah, I'm I'm quite a few shotguns, but I'm actually quite aware of that part like i'm not sure semi-automatics should be fully criminalized i think bump stocks first off should be like straight up completely illegal uh what are bump stocks again uh they're like those uh cheap um printable things you can like use to replace the uh butt stock of the gun and that and uh part of the handle 
and it's got like a thing you can just like hold down and you push forward with it and uh it fires and then you're you're pushing it forward uh after the recoil pushes it back uh you know you push forward and then it fires again I might have to to just send you a video on bump stocks. I'm not really explaining it very well. That's okay. Send send me a video and I'll put a link in the description. Yeah, but it basically, it's a really cheap way to turn a semi-automatic firearm very fully automatic. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I think... That seems seems dangerous and absurd. Yeah, it was actually what the, um, well, not, um, the, uh, Las Vegas shooter, I think, used. Like, uh, I mean, you heard the video, like, there were some pretty rapid-fire shots. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he was actually using a bump stock for that, I think. Man, it's it's tough, too, because the, the worst shootings, not all of the worst, but a lot of the worst shootings involve, um, like, AR-15s or some other kind of rifle. Yeah. But, mo- but most shootings in general involve handguns. And then you have, like, the... Um, the gun, the, the issue of like reports of gun violence, given that uh, when, when, when the term gun violence in, in terms of a like categorically, categorically sorting violence at the national level, like as you would like in like a census of violence, essentially um, includes uh, accidental discharges and suicides, even though our suicide includes accidental discharges and suicides. And I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting. Um, accidental uh, homicides, accidental homicides. Um, those account for not the majority, but like a large, uh, significant percentage. I would have to find the actual number, which I'll do, and I'll put that in the description as well. Because yeah. I know I sound like I'm putting my foot in my mouth right now. Yeah, I kind of um, wondered a lar- about a that. Significant like, percentage I- of the gun violence reports. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. Like, you know, everyone like. You know, like the liberals keep talking about like gun deaths, like or I've heard a lot of them say talk about like how many gun deaths, and I'm like, how much of that was suicide? How much of that was an accident? Like, you know, uh, how much right. of that was just a like a complete freak accident? You know, I've said accident twice, but you know, we do have a suicide problem, I think, in America right now. I don't think it has to do with guns. I don't think it has to do with guns. That, that I don't think that. I think that makes it easier for some people. Yeah. But most people who kill themselves don't use guns. Yeah, honestly, I think at some points in my life, if I had had a gun, it might, I maybe I'd have done it. I don't know. I'd probably would have pussied out, to be honest. But I have a friend, Brian, who, who he was suicidal for a long time, and that's why he's pro-gun control now, because of mental health issues. You know, he would rather, he's grateful that he didn't have a gun in the house during that time because he knows he would have shot himself. Yeah, so, like, you know, it'd be... It'd be great if we could, like, try to do both. Like, the, like the Republicans want to keep doing, want to, like, you know, say, oh, it's a mental health problem. Then, like, w- why can't we not focus on mental health and gun control at the same time? Right. You know, right. like, when, and no one, no one is trying, is suggesting taking away guns, especially without due process, except for Donald Trump. He actually did say that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, no liberal has, has ever, well, actually, there's probably been a couple, but, like, you know, no one in power has really suggested, you know, getting rid of guns at all. They were just, like, trying to make it a bit harder for someone who has, you know, a history of violence to uh, get them and maybe, you know, make sure they have to, like, take a, you know, a mental fitness test beforehand to, uh, to you know, see if they are you know, um, uh, capable of owning a firearm. Right. And using it responsibly. And using it responsibly. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know, man. I uh, it's it's a sensitive issue for me too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I agree that we need to do something. You know, we can address the mental health issue. We can address gun control, but we need to do something. We can't keep uh, arguing. It was like Joe, Joe was talking about this earlier. We can't just argue about it and then not do anything, take no action because we're out of it. We can't decide what to do. Exactly. We need to just try something and just see if it works, man. I got to stop you for a minute. All good. <coughs> You good? Yep. All right. I'm taking full advantage of the fact that my parents aren't home, so you know if I have to cough right now, it's nice. The time to do it. Good call. I want to Actually, kind of uh, now, so I like the pillow. Okay. You good? Yeah. I want to kind of stir the philosophical stew a little bit. Um, cause I'm going to go into county market here soon. Um, but I wanted to, since this is, you know, this is the first day of our, of our philosophy class. It's been a really good conversation. We've covered a lot of things, having a lot of fun. Um, I want to kind of address each of our, uh, ethical views. And you've talked about yours a little bit, you know, you know I want you to kind of like re go, I go, go back over that. And then, um, we'll also kind of address each of our, uh, worldviews, like our understandings of, uh, the world. Okay. So I don't believe in free will. I believe that everything that has happened happened the only way it could have possibly happened. And I believe that everything that will happen in the future happens the only way it could have possibly happened. And I also believe that if I, uh, if I were you and if I were someone else, it was supposed to say, if I, if I were you, um, I would, still be living like you would still be living the exact same life or i'd be living the exact same life that you've lived in your body like i try to see everybody um that i interact with as myself with different life circumstances and experiences and by circumstances i'm also including uh genetics so if it, so my soul with a different physical makeup and a different life um so i but i believe that the laws of physics um control everything and hinder us unable to uh to really control our own path and our own destiny. And of course, like as a Christian, I can talk about that theologically, but I don't know if this is, I don't think this is the place to do that because I think the implications there are pretty clear. Um, but I believe that we should, this is where the ethical side comes in. We should treat each other as free, as individuals, as sovereign individuals with free will. We should treat each other as if we're making uh, our own choices, because if we don't, then we have no way to, understand or enforce uh any form of justice because any crime that you commit you were already going to commit and that could have been predicted but in some way um algorithmically in a way that we just aren't able to do yet you know um i believe that even though we don't have free will we must perceive each other and relate to each other in that way because it's the only uh healthy way of doing so on the small level in terms of romantic relationships and friendships and familial relationships and on the large scale uh the larger scale uh when it comes to how we manage people how we manage nations and and how we relate to the world um at large i think the best idea we've ever come up with is the idea of the sovereign uh, individual at least that's one of the best ideas and the fact that we can treat each other in that way and not as members of a group of a mob or j even just of a nation uh is is remarkable even though it contradicts the laws or what i understand to be um the impact the laws of physics have on on our physical existence 
All right, I kind of zoned out for part of that because I was trying to write down my own points, and I figured, hey, I'm gonna listen to this again later. Anyway. Yeah, don't but, don't worry about it, bro. We're not like arguing our, against each other on on this. Yeah. So I believe in um, I do believe in free will, and I can kind of I don't necessarily believe that your view could lead to this but i can see how it could um it could kind of lead to someone kind of not taking action because if you know things are meant to happen that way then you know action isn't like it that says action isn't necessary really mm-hmm. at least to me to me that's what it kind of says but um um and also uh, the universe is complete chaos i've told you about that you know i believe um that the universe is just a kind of random collection of mass that's expanding for some reason, probably dark matter. But, um, like, the universe does not care of what the hell we do, whether you end up a pope, a prince, or a pauper. The universe does not care. Andromeda don't, don't give a shit about your opinion or anything. And, you know, at any moment, we could be swallowed up by a rogue black hole. And... You know, I guess we should kind of live like we're dying, but I don't know. Again, just try really hard not to be a cunt. I'm going to repeat that a lot, aren't I? I feel like that's a good monster to have, though. You know, that's not a bad place to begin ethically. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's like a, it's a meme from uh, well from the Internet, obviously. But, <laughs> but it, 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 it's a. Uh, it's a uh, it's like a Buddha, and it says, uh, "Try not to be a cunt." But I just, or like, don't be a cunt. But I was just like, try really hard not to. You know, I kind of just upgraded it right. for myself. Sometimes everyone's terrible sometimes, but and we can't really do anything about that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm my worldview, my understanding of the world. I see the world mostly as. Um, I think through a lens of potential, and <coughs> but also largely through a lens of uh, meaning, purpose, and function. I was reading this morning about Mesopotamian uh, cosmography, and cosmography is like, it's, it's cosmology and geography combined, so it's geography that's inspired not by a scientific understanding of the material world, but by um, a kind of religious or spiritual uh, perception of the world. Um, the Bible a lot, like talks a lot, uh, about, um, Mesopotamian cosmography or uses imagery from Mesopotamian cosmography, um, that like directly contradicts, you know, whether it be in Psalms or Isaiah, where it could be considered symbolic, I guess, or whether it be in like what are considered historical books in the old Testament, um, like Exodus and, uh, and parts of Genesis, um, and even in, I think, in parts of Joshua, too, in Leviticus, um, it uses descriptions of the earth that directly contradict our scientific understanding of the material world. For example, I'll kind of explain um, the Mesopotamian cosmography, uh, cosmo, cosmographic, what would that be? Co- cosmographical understanding of the world. It's that the earth is a flat disk floating uh, on top of this ocean of chaos and water and beneath the flat disc are four pillars and then beneath this ocean and beneath the pillars um is hades or hell or uh, seol i think is what it was called in the old testament or sheol um and then above the flat disc that is the earth you have a dome and the dome 
is completely solid, but that dome is the sky because they didn't realize that the sky was made of air because they couldn't get up into the sky and feel that it's the same thing they're feeling around them uh, when they're on the earth. It's just a different pressure. Couldn't so get up in that sky, booty. Dude, they saw the sky as, as, as a solid uh, that just protected them from what was above. And what was above the dome, uh, that would be like the heavenly waters. And that's why in um, in Genesis, during the flood, it says the windows to heaven opened up and, and you know, water poured down. Um, oh, yeah, it's because they believe the sky was a dome with windows to heaven in it. And they believed that the birds uh, would fly um, over the stone. And, and the, the interesting thing is that in modern translations of the Bible, and both like, even in just in general, especially in English Standard Version, a lot of these descriptions have been altered. So what you would usually, uh, I, I think, I can't remember the word, I think the word was firmament. Um, a firmament. Firmament. Uh, um, I, I know about it. I know about this word. I looked it up. Um, it's like a metal, you know? No, and that's how they describe the sky. The firmament, um, I think I'm pronouncing that right, firmament, but... Firmament? Something like that. But uh, it's supposed to be like um, like the material the sky would be made out of. Like Right, yeah. yeah. And, and, but it's, the thing is, it's a material. <laughs> it's yeah. not a... Yeah, it's not real, but like I'm just trying to say what it is. Right, but but they they thought it was real. They thought it was a real solid material. But then in the English Standard Version of the Bible, it says the expanse instead. It uses that word, which that's a complete distortion. You know that that that, that's changing the language to match our modern uh, or our modern scientifically correct understanding of the material world. So the idea, um, the Bible takes the, the biblical authors in the old testament they t- and some of the new testament uh take these ideas from mesopotamian culture and then integrate them into the bible and use them uh to glorify the god they perceive to glorify you know the the father god yahweh the lord um and it's not it's not that the Bible invented those ideas. Those ideas are older than the Bible. They're much older than uh, than Israel. They're from other other religions um, surrounding Israel that have been there for quite a, quite a while longer in some cases. Um, so, if the, my, my argument there is that the Bible promotes this scientifically wrong understanding of the material world because it's what the people knew then. It God could have chosen. Uh, to, to reveal to the people of Israel then uh, that the earth is actually a globe and there's, you know, stars or giant balls of gas in space, but they wouldn't have understood. So he took, he took the, the, the culture they were familiar with and then revealed uh, biblical truth to them through that. So what I'm kind of transitioning to with, with this statement is that I understand the world through meaning, purpose, and function, and also through potential and action. The meaning, purpose, and function side of that is that I place those three things, at least in terms of significance and how we relate to the world, over uh, material, over mass, and over oftentimes over science, because I think purpose is ultimately um, the most purpose, the most important thing. It's, it's why when, when I look at something, I don't think, what is this? What is this made of? Where are the atoms? I think, how can I use this? What can this do for me? What can I do for it? Where does this belong in the world? Is it in the right place? Should I put it there? Should I even mess with it? Is it going to kill me? Is it going to eat me? I don't know. Let me find out, you know? All right. So, like, this is just going to whet my appetite, man. I'm going to want to do this so much more now. I'm excited, bro. I think you thrive a lot in this format more than you realize. Like, when you were talking about music and talking about your guitars and stuff, like, you were just going on, like, seamlessly, you know, describing really? it. 
yeah 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 like seem like i i wasn't even thinking about what i was gonna say at all i didn't have to i was just listening to you cool <laughs> it was cool all right thank you for coming on luke you're welcome, man. It, bro. It's always fun talking talking with a friend. You know, I think we have pretty good conversations. I enjoy it. Yeah, Thank man. you guys for listening. Uh, check out links in the description for uh, you know the blog, the YouTube channel, all that jazz, and also for the links we talked about earlier. I can't even remember what they were right now, but they'll be there because I'll listen to this and I'll find them and we'll put them there. Um, thanks again, Luke. This was great. Look forward to talking with you again in the future. Hell yeah, man.